This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. On today's program, we start a new series entitled, What Do You Mean? Honoring Authority. Authority comes from God, but not all authority is godly. We live in a fallen world with fallen people who have a free will. God still calls us to honor authority. Today's message is presented by Pastor Andrew Mason, Emmanuel's pastor of Discipleship Communities. Let's join Pastor Andrew right now. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Mark chapter 6. We're going to start verses 1 through 6 of the New Living Translation. This is what it says. Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? And then they scoffed, he's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Nothing like your hometown, right? Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. I was going to come back to that in a moment, but the title of this new series, as Pastor Nate mentioned, is What Do You Meme? Not What Do You Mean, but What Do You Meme? I don't know if you meme or you don't meme. If you, if you don't meme, this is still relevant to you because we are all capable of taking something out of its original context and framing it in a negative and dishonoring manner. We all have that potential inside of us. And and, and God wants us to be people that express honor. Uh, it, it's similar to what we read about there in Mark chapter 6. Jesus is, is returning to his hometown to minister. And he is traveling throughout the Galilean region. And God is doing great miracles through Jesus. The kingdom of God is going forth. And people are being blessed, and, and there's great miracles taking place. But then he comes to his hometown. And if they had the internet back then, maybe they would have made a meme of Jesus that said something like this, hey, carpenter, fix my wooden table before you try to fix my life, right? That they, they were very cynical towards Jesus because they knew about the coming Messiah, but they didn't expect it to be someone from their own hometown. I mean, there was a guy somewhere down the street says, man, I went to school with his dad, Joseph. I got way better grades than Joseph. There's no way his boy is the Messiah. And so sometimes God answers our prayers in a package that we, we don't prefer. And sometimes it can stir up offense and dishonor in our heart. And Jesus points to their lack of honor a prophet is without honor except in his hometown. Jesus points to their lack of honor, and the Bible connects it to their lack of miracles. The lack of miracles that happened because there was dishonor. And then it says Jesus was amazed at their unbelief. You can almost see Jesus at a loss for words. You can almost picture his face, and he doesn't even know what to say. He's like, wow, really, guys? And in a similar manner, we live in a day and age of easy insults. 
I'm sure it wouldn't be very difficult for many of you to think of a time where you experience personal disrespect or personal dishonor. Well, what does honor mean? Honor means this, to esteem, to recognize value, to dignify. It's almost similar to, to, to a monetary value. Uh, when you honor something, you're placing great value on it. And we can honor with our words, we can honor with our actions, with our thoughts, but true honor originates from the heart. Because there's a difference between tolerating people and celebrating people. There's a difference between tolerating people and celebrating people. When we have real honor in our heart, we celebrate people. And trust me, people know when you're just tolerating them. They know when you're just tolerating them, and it doesn't express honor. Here on our staff at Emmanuel, one of our team values is honor. It's something we believe in that's in our heart, but it's something we practice intentionally, and it's, it creates uh, such a healthy atmosphere that it's, it's a blessing to be a part of, uh, being a part of the team. But God calls us to honor everyone because every person is created in the image of God. We learn this from Genesis chapter one, that we were created, male and female, in the likeness of God. And so we're the image bearers of the creator. And so if I disrespect or I dishonor someone, I'm also disrespecting and dishonoring their creator, who's also my creator. So honor is really simple. We're supposed to honor everybody. And yet, because of our human tendency, our fallen nature, God and his mercy takes time and his word to actually specify different groups of people that we're supposed to honor just in case we had a question. Like, you gotta honor everybody, but now let me walk you through the different categories just to make sure there's clarity. Uh, there's different categories here. I don't have time to teach, but uh, if you're taking notes, you can write down Matthew 10, 40 through 42. And there's three categories there that anybody falls into. The categories are delegated authority over us, peers, and then people under our care. So delegated authority over us, peers, and then people under our care. He talks about uh, if you honor a prophet, there's a reward for honoring a prophet. If you honor a righteous person, there's a reward. If you honor a little one with a cup of cold water, you shall by no means lose your reward. And so you have delegated authority and peers and those under our care. I wanna look at that first section of delegated authority. And there's four subcategories. There's family authority, uh, like, like parental authority. There is civil authority, spiritual authority, and there's social authority. So family authority, civil authority, spiritual authority, and social authority. I wanna cover three of those four. I wanna cover the civil, the spiritual, and the social. We're gonna to touch on other aspects in the coming weeks. But this issue of honoring authority is a difficult one because it's easy to honor authority when authority is doing what you want them to do. Isn't it? Like, oh yeah, I honor authority. Yeah, when you agree with them. And where the rubber really meets the road is when there's authority in your life that you disagree with. Is when there's authority in your life that they're doing things you don't want them to do. And yet, we're gonna see here in his word that he still calls us to honor authority. Now, again, this is something we all wrestle with, but I can just tell you as a guy, it's something that's hard for me as a guy. And I don't know what it is about getting older, but it feels like the older I get, the heavier my emotions get, I get. The easier it is for me to get angry, to get frustrated. 
And it often gets stirred up in situations where uh, I have authority in my life that's bringing a direction for me that maybe my, I don't wanna do for whatever reason. And uh, my, my real sensitive male ego gets stirred up and I can get easily frustrated and angry and I don't want to become uh, an old, frustrated, angry man. I don't want that. I wanna have the love of Jesus bubbling up in my heart for, for God and for others. But I need God to do a work in my life continually. I need to continue to examine myself and bring myself before him. And this issue of authority is a huge part of it. So we're going to look at three spheres of delegated authority that we're called to honor. The first one, honor civil authority for protection and order. Romans 13, 1 through 7. Romans 13, if you have your Bibles, you can go there. Romans 13, 1 through 7. This is what it says. Everyone must submit to governing authorities. For all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Then do what is right, and they will honor you. The authorities are God's servants sent for your good. But if you are doing wrong, of course you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants, sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. Pay your taxes too. What? That's in the Bible. Pay your taxes too. For these same reasons, for government workers need to be paid. They are serving God in what they do. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them. And give respect and honor to those who are in authority. Now, I know many of you, you have this scripture verse on your refrigerator. You know, every day you wake up, this just fills your heart, right? It's one of those, no, it's not. Okay. So here's the thing. Like, someone say, wow. I'll say that backwards. Yeah, that's in the Bible. So all authority comes from God, according to Scripture. But listen, not all authority is godly. There's a difference. We live in a fallen world with fallen people who have a free will. But God still calls us to honor civil authority. They are God's servants. I want you to think of Pontius Pilate, the man who ordered Jesus to be crucified. He was not a godly authority. And Jesus said this to him in John 19.11. He said, you would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. So even Jesus recognized Pontius Pilate was giving him a punishment he didn't deserve. And even Jesus recognized, hey, the authority you have over me right now, it's been given to you from God. So governments are biblical They can be flawed, they can be deficient sometimes, but listen, almost any government is better than no government. All right, Uh, anarchy, mob rule, vigilante justice, these are not comforting alternatives, all right? And Paul was an expert in Judaism, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees before he came to Christ, but even after he came to Christ, he he was still bringing Judaism principles and concepts through to the New Testament covenant, and this is, a sim- this is a similar teaching to a concept in Judaism that most rabbis believe Paul was referencing. In Judaism, they had a principle which stated, the law of the land is Torah. Jews believed they should obey the law of the land as if God had commanded it because they believed God establishes authority. 
Now, obviously, there are exceptions to this concept. For example, if the laws of the land are wicked, uh, if they're promoting genocide or idolatry or atheism, we got to obey God instead of man. Peter said in Acts 5.29, we must obey God rather than any human authority. And so when the will of God and the will of the state conflict, we got to obey God because we have one supreme leader, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so as a minister of the gospel, I'm committed to always teaching biblical doctrine. Even if the laws change, don't know if they will, but even if the laws change, I'm going to continue to teach biblical doctrine. I want to obey God because i got to answer to him when I stand before him one day. And I, I believe that the principles are the best principles for life. Early Christians refused to offer incense to the statues of the Roman emperor because that would be idolatry. Those early Christians disobeyed the law of the land to obey God, and they paid for it with their lives. They were martyred for their faith in Jesus as the one true God. But listen, even in that, we still are called to honor civil authority. Even if I disagree, I'm still called to have civility, to give dignity to civil authority. Uh, look at 1 Peter 2, 13 through 17. I just want to reinforce this. For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, whether the king as head of state or the officials he has appointed. For the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and to honor those who do right. It is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. For you are free, yet you are God's slaves. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Respect everyone and love the family of believers. Fear God and respect the king. Another translation says, honor the king. Who was the king that Peter was referencing here? At the time Peter's writing this, the king of Judea was King Herod Agrippa I. King Herod Agrippa I was murdering Christians to gain political favor with the anti-Christian Jewish leaders of the time. That was the king. You think Peter had a disagreement with King Herod Agrippa I? on what he was doing as king? Of course. And yet, Peter told the believers at the time, hey, we still need to honor the king. This is the same Peter who, when they came to arrest Jesus, he cut off one of the ears of the guys who was trying to arrest Jesus. And Jesus quickly corrected him, said, hey, Peter, put your sword away, and then he healed the guy's ear. And so obviously there's been a transformation in Peter's life since that moment that all there still may be some differences uh, between what's happening and what Peter believes, Peter is still saying, hey, we need to honor civil authority. Now, these are kingdom principles that get confusing for us living in a democratic society with freedom of speech and free elections. So here's what we should ask ourselves. Am I honoring the current civil authorities over me? Am I honoring towards them? Am I living under the laws of the land? Because at the end of the day, I did a, a mini study on civil disobedience in the Bible, and I found about seven instances, and most of them had to do with genocide or religious restrictions, meaning they couldn't speak in Jesus' name, they couldn't pray to God, they had to worship Nebuchadnezzar as God. Other than that, that was the main portion of the instances where people obeyed God than men. Other than that, the Bible instructs us to err on the side of honoring authority. So am I living under the laws of the land? And then the last question I would say is, do I use my freedom of speech with civility and honor towards those in authority? Obviously, it's a blessing to have freedom of speech because we can speak our mind. How many knows we live in a day and age where people have a lot of opinions? 
And so it's part of our society to discuss things and to push for reform and progress and to perfect our union, but we still have to do that with civility, and we still have to do that in a way that's honoring to authority. Honoring spiritual authority benefits you, so we gotta honor civil authority, and we gotta honor spiritual authority. Look at Hebrews 13, 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, that will be of no advantage to you. And look at this verse in 1 Thessalonians 5. Honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work. Now again, we live in an interesting day and age where people de- debate the meaning of scripture on a regular basis. Uh, sometimes without even being a member of a church or without following a spiritual leader or teacher in their life. Can I say this? We need to be planted in the local church, and we need to have spiritual leaders who are teaching us Scripture. And I've gotten in discussions with people and just just discussing different interpretations on Scripture and doing it in a very civil, peaceful manner. At some point in the conversation, many times I'll say, hey, can I ask you, do you go to church? Do you have a pastor who, who you learn uh, scripture from? And oftentimes the answer is no. Oftentimes people will be like, no, but I, you know, I got my degree in engineering. You know, I don't need to go to church. It's like, engineering? <laughs> and so we have a very kind of culture where people feel empowered. But listen, we got to honor spiritual authority. We need spiritual authority in our life. We need teachers. You know, Teaching is one of the offices in Ephesians 4. We need people to teach us the word of God. And the more we're open to that, I know there's situations where there's abuse of authority, but the general rule of thumb is as we're open to that, we put ourselves under God's authority. And we open ourselves up for God to do a work in our life. Uh, Billy Graham uh, is famous for having the Billy Graham rule which was he wasn't gonna be alone with someone of the opposite sex except his wife. But a lot of people don't realize he actually had four rules. There wasn't just one rule, there was four rules called the Modesto Manifesto that he crafted with leaders in his inner circle for integrity and accountability. And rule number three concerned the team's relationship with the local church. They recognized the tendency among evangelists to criticize local pastors and churches openly and scathingly. And they, they felt this tendency was counterproductive and was actually in contrast to what the Bible encouraged them to do. So they determined to avoid an anti-church or anti-clergy attitude and to work with anyone who shared their common goal of publicly proclaiming the gospel. And I would say that God blessed Billy, Billy Cram's life and ministry for the honor that he showed to both civil authority and spiritual authority. I would say it was very evident on his life and ministry. And I can tell you this, growing up in the church, I got saved when I was 15. I started getting trained up in ministry when I was 18, been in, in ministry for over 15 years. And uh, I, this is something that God has had to do a work in my life. I've always, always had great leaders in my life. I've always grown up, but there, there, there have been moments where I've gotten frustrated. And there was a moment I remember where I lost my temper. And thank God I had spiritual leaders who loved me and were patient with me. But I remember, uh, you know, I didn't cuss or anything, but I don't want to bore you with the details of all that, right? Who wants to talk about that right now? You guys are like, no, tell us, Pastor. But I'll tell you this, I, you know, I kind of lost my temper, but I regretted it afterwards. Although 
the content of what I was saying was coming from a pure heart. The way in which I expressed it wasn't honoring to my spiritual authority. And I made a commitment to myself, you know, that I wasn't going to do that again. In fact, one of my mentors, uh, President Scott Hagen, uh, God's used him in my life a lot. He has a saying in his book, uh, Language of Influence and Personal Power. It's that the key to longevity is simple. Don't self-destruct. Don't self-destruct. And that's something I access many times if I start to feel myself getting frustrated. Hey, just don't self-destruct right now. You don't have to get your way in every situation. You don't have to agree with everything. But if you honor authority in God's eyes, you win. You win. Amen. All by myself. You win. And so it's something that I've had to, to, to develop in my life. And it's something I've had to work through. The last one is this, is honoring social authority honors God. Honoring social authority honors God. Teachers, coaches, employers. Teachers, coaches, employers. Ephesians 6, 5 through 8 says, uh, and I'm, I'm going to give some context for this. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. Quick side note, Paul was not endorsing the societal structure uh, of being a slave. He wasn't endorsing that. He was giving... He was giving counsel to those that were in that situation. And it actually, it's not an apples-to-apples apples comparison, but when we look at what Paul was encouraging people in that, that social structure to do, how much, more, how much more does it relate to what God would call us to do as employees or students or, or so on? And so you got to understand when you're, you're working for someone with social authority over you, you're not just working for them. Who are you working for? Jesus. You're working for Jesus. And the way you work for them is an expression of your worship to God. And so as members of organizations in society, God wants us to glorify Christ as contributors, not just as people who punch in and punch out, but as people say, you know what, I'm going to add value to those around me, and I'm going to add value to those over me, because that's who I'm called to be in Christ. And this is something that God wants to do a work of in our life. Three quick honor secrets. Number one, you have to honor authority to have authority. You have to honor authority to, to have authority. A person under no authority has no authority. Number two, meekness empowers you to honor. Matthew 5, 5, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is power under control. Again, it's easy to honor authority when they're doing what we want. It's a whole different ball game when we're coming to an impasse. Can we still honor authority in our life? And meekness can empower you to have the, 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 the right disposition. Matthew Henry says, the meek are happy. The meek are those who quietly submit to God, who can bear insult. They're silent or they return a soft answer who, in their patience, they keep possession of their own soul. How are you doing in developing meekness in your life? Because the Bible says if you can be meek, God will trust you with more. You will inherit the land. Number three, honor attracts God's favor. The third secret there, honor attracts God's favor. Remember what happened in Nazareth. As they dishonored Jesus, there was no miracles there. 
So we can express honor through our words and actions and thoughts, but honor again, it originates from the heart. We gotta make room for honor in our heart. Listen to Matthew 15, seven and eight. Jesus said, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And so the problem we have is that we have heart blockages to honor. There's heart blockages we have. The, the, one of the heart blockages we can have to honor is wounds of dishonor. Can you recall a moment where you experienced disrespect and dishonor in your life? Or did you experience dishonor through an attitude that diminished you or disrespected your stature, your dignity in front of others? If you have wounds of dishonor, God wants to heal those in your life. I want to read the last verse of Romans 12. This is what Paul said. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. And then he begins to talk about honoring civil authority. One of the ways we conquer evil by doing good is through honoring authority in our life. But you got to let God heal you so you can do that. The second heart blockage is a generational pattern of dishonor. Maybe you grew up and you had models of rebellious behavior, jealousy, envy, selfishness, criticalness, gossiping, slander, deception, um, division, disobedience, defiance, stubbornness, rejection of wisdom. If you grew up around this, you had a bad example and you were taught to always resist and kick against authority. That's something God wants to heal in your life. That's not the way of Jesus, friends. It doesn't mean our family were terrible people and, and, and we need to condemn them. And that's, that's not the point. The point is we need, to be, we need to unlearn what we've learned so that we can be followers of Christ. And the, the third one is simple, practicing dishonor. I don't know where it came from, if it came from family, if it came from a wound, maybe it didn't come, maybe for whatever reason you just picked up a bad habit of dishonoring authority in your life. And that personal pattern, God wants to break that cycle in your life because can I say this in love? It will hold you back, friends. It'll hold you back in life if you're always on edge towards authority. If you're always an independent person, you gotta do your own thing, it's gonna, you're gonna hit a ceiling at some point in your life. Doesn't mean you're a terrible person, but you're gonna miss out on some blessings. I can, I can testify to this personally. There is not one significant door, as I look back on my life, every significant door that's been opened in my life, it's been opened by someone in authority and someone who's older than me. Now maybe that's just because I'm 38, I don't know. but. Every significant door I could think of, it's, it's been someone in authority and someone older than me. And had I always been in a disposition of pushing against authority, I would have missed out on so many blessings in my life. And I don't want you to miss out on those too. Maybe you, you saw some family members, and when you look back, you can see some blessings that they missed out of. You can, you can change the narrative. You can reverse the cycle. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. Please be sure to tell others about this broadcast that they could enjoy next week at this same time.